You guys can take a seat. All right. Good evening. Good evening. I'm testing my mic. There we go. <laughs> All right. I am so excited to be with you guys tonight. And um, this just happened. And so I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to share with you guys from God's word. And I'm happy to continue in this series of what to do when you don't know what to do. So you guys have been following the life of Joseph. And um, I'm going to continue that story tonight. But first, I want to talk to you because I want to talk to you about when I was in high school, which was a long time ago. Okay, long time ago, and I don't even want to tell you how long ago ago it was. No, I'm just kidding. So back in 1999, I'm going to talk to you about what was different and what was the same. Okay, so the same things that you guys possibly experience today and the different things. Okay, so we're going to start with different. So here's my first different. Okay, so um, does anyone know what that is? A flip phone, right? Okay, this is a Motorola flip phone in 1999. Okay, 1999. I didn't even have a cell phone in high school. Okay, this thing could like call your mom. Okay, that's what it was. You guys get these smartphones. You have access to so much information. You can play games. You can text friends. You can take pictures. You can do all sorts of stuff, right? Really cool things. I wish I had that back in high school. It had been really nice for exams, right? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> as we're talking about temptation tonight, right? Okay, here's the next thing. Okay, any Denver fans in here? Okay, so in 1998 and 1999, the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl. All right? Not the Dallas Cowboys. No one likes those people here, okay? That's, ah, uh, right? But I was actually a 49ers fan back then. <laughs> Not anymore. Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, right? Chief Dynasty. Okay, so there's some different, right? Broncos, Chiefs. All right, here's next. Here's next one that's different. All right, selfies. Okay, so that is my, uh, my husband and my son at the AFC Championship game this past uh, winter, right? Um, and they love to brag to me that they were there and I was like sitting in my house watching the same game as they're texting me play by play. But yeah, that's the ninth row. They got um, some tickets to be able to go and have that experience. And they always say that was their favorite experience and I wasn't included. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. So you guys get to take selfies, right? You take selfies of your friends. You guys have fun. You can put them on Snapchat and Instagram and all these cool things. Well, this is my drawing of my friends. Because we just had film cameras, right? This is me. No, I'm kidding. Here's me and my friends. And half of that is blurry because this is such old camera work from 1999, all right? But these are some of my friends. And my husband's actually in that prom picture because we went to prom. Um, and uh, Kim, one of my best friends who I actually still talk to today and um, can call her up and we can catch up. She's not in Topeka, but we act like it was just yesterday. But these are some friends. Um, and you guys have friends too, right? Yes. All right. Here is something that's the same. The same. Okay? We're going to roll to the same. Michael Jordan is still the best NBA player of all time. And you're not going to argue with me about that, okay? All right? Still the same. He was then back then. He is now. All right? Next. 
friends. You guys all have friends. We need friends. We need community. That has not changed. Some of my friends from 1999 have changed, but the need for that has not. And this is still the best TV show, okay? Ah, whatever. That just ages me, right? (laughs) All right. And here's something else. Here's something else that's the same. Temptation, okay? Your temptations probably change from day to day, right? My temptations in 1999 are different than my temptations now, but I still have temptation because I'm in a broken world. There is still temptation, and there is still sin, right? We're in a broken world. That has not changed. And so when I was in high school, I probably experienced some of the things you guys have. It's just different. It happens different, all right? And so I want to talk to you about experience I actually had with some of those cool friends when I was in high school. And I think this is important to talk about because you guys might walk into a space someday and you don't know what to do, right? You have no idea. You have never approached that situation. And you walk in and you're like, what do I do? What do I do? And so when I was in high school, it was a summer, and me and my friends, we had so much fun. We hung out a lot together. We spent a lot of Friday nights together, and we were very close, and we were actually good kids. We weren't all believers, but we were good kids. Like, you would see us, and you would say, oh, those are great kids. They make great decisions. They're so good. And so um, we decided one night we had gotten invited to a party and it was just a gathering of friends. And we knew the kid pretty well that invited us. And it was at his house. And we're like, sure, we're going to go. We're going to go. And so I get in the car. And at that time, my husband, Travis, was my boyfriend. And um, I get in the car with our other friends. Amanda was one of them. And we get in the car. And we go to the house. And there we end. We walk in. We're so excited. We walk in. And the first thing we see is, Everyone's drinking alcohol. Now, we're in high school, right? We're in high school. And we kind of just are like, what do we, you know, kind of we all looked at each other. This is not something that we had been around before. And we keep going, and we walk in, and the next room we walk through, and they're watching porn. Okay? So you guys might laugh. And let me tell you what porn is. Porn is written, so reading, reading material, written material or visual material that, are made and are produ- that is made or produced and creates sexual desires. So the purpose of it is to create a sexual desire in you. That is a, out of selfishness, right? It's rooted out of selfishness. It's not talking about sex within, the, within marriage and how God designed it. This is something that you're reading or looking at that creates that in you. And so we walk in, in there, and I will tell you, I had never experienced it. I had heard about porn. I did not know what it was. I had heard about it. And we actually walked through the space. And me and the, Amanda walked out. And everyone kind of followed us. And we all looked at each other frozen. Because we didn't know what to do. And I'll tell you, at that time, my stomach was cringing. My stomach was cringing. And we all made the decision at that point to leave. And so we got in the car, and we left, and it actually was a pretty silent car ride. And Travis, if he was, we, we just left, and we went on our way, and we did something else. And so as we look at the story of Joseph tonight, he is in a similar situation, 
Okay, he's in a similar situation of temptation and sexual sin. And, he, and it looks like, man, what would I do with that? And so I'm going to jump in and I'm just going to read Genesis 39, 1. And here we are. Okay, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an, offi- an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had bought, brought him down there. So he's being bought as a slave right? So he's in the pit. He's now being bought as a slave. And it says the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge all that he had. From the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. So here we are. We have Joseph, right? And he's bought into Potiphar's house. And he starts out as a slave. And what I think is so cool about this scripture is they say, man, we see the Lord with Joseph. Joseph was that obedient and worshiped the Lord so much that they saw God in him and with him. And so because of that trustworthy relationship and Joseph operating with integrity, he moved up to be in charge of everything, everything in Potiphar's house. That's what the, he was succeeding, it says, you know, because they saw the Lord and he operated with integrity in him. And so now we get to this switch in scripture real quick. It like almost happens abruptly and you can almost go past it. And it says, Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, right? Like it just tells us he was an attractive dude. Probably not as attractive as my husband. No, I'm kidding. Okay, but he was an attractive dude, right? And it says that. It says he's attractive in form and appearance. And it says, and after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. Okay? So here he is. Doing, operating with integrity, showing everyone the Lord. And Potiphar's wife comes and says, have sex with me. And it's like this command, right? It wasn't an option. It was like, do this, right? Have sex with me. And it says, but he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. Basically, that's saying, because of who I am, Potiphar has no concern about me. We have this trusted relationship because they see God in me. It says, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is, he is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. Okay. So day after day. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys a question that I don't even feel like I should have to ask because we live in a broken world. How many of you guys deal with temptation every single day? Right? Day after day after day. That's what it says. Day after day, she's coming and saying, have sex with me. Day after day. And he's having to say, no, because of God. No, because I have integrity. No, no, no. And so this is what I want to tell you guys. When we are tempted, I have 
four act, course actions that we all can do when we fall into temptation. The first one I want to tell you is pause. Okay? Pause. And if we want to go back to the house that I was in in high school with my friends, this, I said something when I told you, when I said something, I said my stomach hurt, right? I got an upset stomach when I saw something. And so this is one thing that I want you guys to do, is when you are faced with a temptation, and specifically with porn, those type of things, when you're faced with a temptation, check, take a pause, and note what, how your body feels. Are you getting anxiety? Are you getting sweaty palms? Is your stomach hurting? Take note, because our body has a physical reaction to that stuff. Take pause, pause, and evaluate it. Does this align with who I am? Does this align with God? Is this what I should, is this going to break trust of other people? Is this going to hurt relationships, future relationships? Pause and pray. Next thing, resist. And I will tell you, this is probably one of the harder ones. Day after day, Joseph is being faced with someone telling him that he lives with, okay? Like he's in the house. Day after day after day, and he's having to say, no, no, no. Resisting is hard. That's why we have Christ, right? We don't go out that alone. That's why we have friends that can hold us accountable. That's why we have people that we can talk to and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. That's why you have parents that you can talk to. And you have leaders. We have people that God has given us in our lives that we can say, hey, I am struggling with this, and I need you to pray with me about it. In the Bible, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding his heart according to your word? With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not run from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart so I might not sin against you. Right? Resist because of who God is. We store his word. We read his word. We connect with God. And let me tell you guys something. In the history of the Bible, this is in Genesis, right? When did the Ten Commandments come? Exodus, right? Further down the line, okay? So Joseph knows his God so well, he didn't need the Ten Commandments. He knew this was sin against his God. Know God that well. Dive into his word. Maybe you need to set boundaries, new boundaries. Maybe if you're dating, you need to talk about boundaries with your girlfriend or boyfriend. Maybe... You need to make a decision not to hang out with certain, at certain situations on a regular basis, right? Maybe you need to set a boundary with technology. Maybe you shouldn't take it to your room at night. Maybe it needs to go outside. Maybe tell your parents, I need you to help me with that. That's what they're there for, right? Maybe you need to study and talk to someone or ask for help instead of cheating on a paper or exam. There are so many things that you guys are faced with day in and day out. Enlist those people that God has surrounded you with. Talk to them, pray, and dive into God's word. Resist that temptation.
We'll continue. It says, but one day when he went into the house to do his work, so we're back with Joseph, right? And he has said no after time and time and again. It says none of the men in the house were there, okay? So first, Joseph is alone by himself. No one's there. She caught him, Potiphar's wife. She caught him by his garment, right? Grabbed his clothes, saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. Right? I'm out, is what he said. I'm leaving this situation. And sometimes that's the next, (coughs) sorry, sometimes that's the next action we have to take. Flee the temptation. Leave. Go. When I was at that house, we left. We left the temptation. We left it. We didn't want to look at it over and over again. Leave, run from it. And the worst thing is that Joseph was alone. He was alone. He didn't have those friends, which is the best time to flee and get out. When you don't have people with you, leave. The Bible tells us that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He's faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but give you a way out, right? He will not let you. He will give you a way out. Leave. Sometimes that's the best thing we can do. So a lot, a lot of times I think about what ifs, right? What if Joseph said yes, right? How much damage would that have done to his integrity? How much, what, what that would have been bad, right? What if we didn't leave that party, would anyone necessarily have known? Would anyone necessarily have known if Joseph said yes and he's alone with her? Right? If something is causing us to hide something, don't do it. If it is not something that you can't have your grandma standing there, don't do it. Right? That's why I always tell my son. If you can't have Grandma Smith, no. <laughs> don't do it. If you have to do it in private, don't do it. Here's the thing. Joseph, Joseph made the right choice. Yes? Did you guys all say yes? Right? Obviously, he made the obvious right choice. But later on, it tells us, the Bible tells us that um, because she didn't like the response she got, she accused him of rape. She went to Potiphar and said that he did that, that he raped her. And here's what rape is, unlawful sexual activity, usually sexual intercourse, that is against a person's will or someone who is underage or cannot speak up for themselves, right? That's what he said, or she said to, to Potiphar. I have his garment because he came, he came, and this is why he, and I cried out. I cried out. And so she made up this crazy lie about him. And it cost him prison. He had a horrible outcome. And he operated with integrity. How many of you guys would say that you made a right decision, but, you got, but it turned out wrong? I'm sure there are times in your life that you've made a right decision. Okay, so when I was in high school... Um, I had a friend in one of my classes, and people always said that we looked, we looked similar. And this particular teacher, 
um, actually called my mom up and said, hey, Keelan has been really, really late to class. And then he, I was a cheerleader, and he told my cheerleading coach, and oh my goodness, I got a demerit for it. Ugh, right? We could only get three demerits for the whole year. And here I am getting told on. And I will tell you, I was never late a day in the class. And they finally figured out that he was accusing me that he owed to the other girl in my class because we looked so much alike. And so there are times that we operate with complete integrity, but something else happens and the outcome does not end up how we want. It doesn't always work out the way that we expected. And so Joseph ends up in prison, even though he operated with integrity. And I want you to think for a moment. Um, So you guys are probably imagining in your mind prison these days, right? Joseph didn't get a phone call. He had no family. They had sold him into slavery, right? He didn't get a phone call. He is there in prison. But God was with him. God was with him. And that's what I want you guys to know. When I talked about things that were different and the same, I want you to know that God never changes. He was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His faithfulness stays the same. His forgiveness is always there. His power over sin is always present. And one day there will be no more sin, right? But God will remain. He will always be. He has never, ever changed. And I want you guys to know that. Because some of you guys might be sitting here thinking up of temptations you have or sin that you've done. And we can let that shame us up and down. And we can hold on to that and not and forget that God is a forgiving God. He forgives us past, present, future sins. God forgives you. And even if the outcome of things don't turn out the way that they're supposed to, we saw that all through Joseph's life, right? Joseph loved the Lord. He worshiped the Lord. He obeyed the Lord. And we see that over and over and over in his story of God was with him. God was with him. God was with him. God was with him. They saw God in him. They saw God in him. They saw God in him over and over and over again because Joseph knew he could trust God no matter what. He knew that. He knew that no matter what, God was there. And I want you guys to know that too. God is there. He is there in our failures. He is there in our sin. He's there in our temptations that we feel like are going to totally consume us, but we can turn to him. So this is what I want you to know. Is there a temptation in your life that you need to take a course of action on? Pause, resist, or flee? There is something in your life that you say, that cannot be a part of me anymore. Is there something on that phone that you need to get rid of? Is there a conversation that you need to have with a friend that maybe you gossiped or lied about? Is there something that you need to pause, resist, and or flee? And is there a sin that you need to flee from and confess? Is there something that you can turn 
to the Lord and say, man, I messed up. But I know because Jesus came and died for me and he rose from the dead and I know he loves me that much that he will forgive me. Some of us are sitting with temptation that we need to pause, resist, and flee from. Some of us probably have already fallen short like we all have. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We need to confess that. But let me give you this. First John 1 night says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's how awesome our God is. And so I want, to, I want to invite you guys into that tonight. I want you to look at your life, and I want you to say, what do I need to confess? What, what temptation do I need to flee from? And we're going to move in to some prayer and then also some worship. And so I want you guys to just pause, and we're going to focus on that. Because God is faithful, and he will forgive you. He's done that in my life. He's done that in everyone's life because he is faithful. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are, for the faithfulness that you have. We saw that all through Joseph's story. God, I see that in my story, and I just, I pray that we all see that in our stories, that we can look back and we can say, you know what, we might have messed up. We have might have sinned. We might, ha- we might need you more than we think we do, but we know that you are faithful. And we know that when we confess our sins that you are just and you will forgive us of all unrighteousness. Lord, please lead us just into the time that we can confess these things to you and bring to our minds things that maybe people that we need to t- have conversations with or maybe even in our small group time that we can really talk about things that we need help with. God, I just pray for every single person in this room that they leave knowing that you will forgive them. You are faithful, and we thank you for that. Lord, may we turn our hearts towards you, and may our focus be on you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.